Scott actually seems panicked and actually yells almost right in Matt's ear. Hurry up, Dad! And then Matt puts two and two together and was like, oh, Venoms was spotted in Brazil just two months earlier. Fancy that. <laughs> Why didn't you follow them then and see what they were doing then? At least it wasn't a pun about uh, vines. Yeah, <laughs> I think by then they kind of figured it got old. <laughs> it only took about 15 times, too. <laughs> Jeez. Select the mask agents best suited for this mission. Jason G, DJ, movie writer, 80s guru, vehicle code name, Frontier. Wyatt B, sound engineer, movie writer, airman, vehicle code name, Dakota. Personnel approved. Assemble Mobile Armored Strike Command. Welcome, MassCast listeners, to episode 34. Thanks so much for listening to each episode and for following along on our Mask Movie blog and interacting with us on Facebook and Twitter. We've got another great episode review for you, which will include our play-by-play and comments, along with some audio clips mixed in for your listening pleasure. Tonight we'll be talking about episode 25 of the Mask animated series titled The Plant Show. And it was originally broadcast on November 1st, 1985. In this episode, Venom threatens to cover the city of Los Angeles with a choking kudzu-like mutated vine unless the people of California pay a hefty ransom. Looking forward to breaking this one down, so let's get this party started. I am your host, Jason, and with me always is my MassCast co-host, the infamous WB, and the Bill Mad Dog Riser to my Lance Scorpion Bean. Wyatt, (laughs) you got any clues who those two are? (laughs) Just throwing like a shotgun birdshot out there thinking maybe G.I. Joe, I have no idea. Shotgun, you're you're getting on the right track. Those are actually the code names for the two characters on the video game Contra. Remember Contra? I lit. I remember playing it a couple times, and I think that was one of the harder ones. I could yeah, not get and that, through, and I gave up real quick. <laughs> that was why they had the uh, that the famous uh, Konami code: the up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, B, A, start. Uh, programmed in because it was so hard, you just had to get. The, uh, I think you got 99 lives or something when you entered the code uh, on the NES, and that was really the only way I could beat it for the longest time. And then it got to the point where I tried not to use the code and try to beat it with just the whatever couple continues or whatever you get right. during, during the game. But that was a game they they actually uh, the reason why it was on my brain was they just released a. Uh, a game on for the iPad in the iTunes store for uh, Contra this week. Nice. So you can play it on your uh, you can play it on your iPhone or your iPad now. I think it was I think it was only like ninety nine cents. So and that's not bad for for uh, yeah yeah for all your uh, all you faithful Contra players out there. Uh, go check that out in the iTunes store. 
and uh, and go have some fun. I, I still need to get somebody to see if they can somehow enter that code and see if it works. Right. Uh, in the new game, but it would be cool if they kind of incorporated that because that's what it's what it's. Known well, you for. mentioned that just recently. Um, a little forewarning: if anybody has this program, is uh, I developed a virus on my computer. And for years, I didn't know, but I've been having the same virus. It was a dormant Trojan, whatever. And uh, here, it was from a program that I had downloaded years ago called Nestor, which was an NES emulator so that you could play oh. all these games. So uh-huh. I had just about every game that Nintendo put out. <laughs> and, um, you know, Super Mario Brothers, Contra. I even tried Contra, and, of course, I gave up pretty dang quick. Um, all those games... And my computer, I've had maybe three computers, and each one has had some kind of slowdown, bog down. I've always thought it was age. I always thought it was too much junk I'm putting on it. Come to find you out. Just wanted, <laughs> just wanted some retro gaming, and it, it's screwed you all Pretty much. Years. And it, I've come to find out all this time, it's been uh, there's been a Trojan sitting on this uh, the zip file itself. And, of course... I saved the zips in case I crashed the system or something. And, well, that's what I get for well, saving stuff. Find, yeah. At least you found out the uh, what the problem is and identified it yeah. so you could get rid of it. And luckily the newer stuff, uh, uh, kudos to a, uh, a product I just found. It's free, freeware. Super, super anti-spyware. Uh, I think that's what it's called. And that's that's a great great tool um, sounds like I'm promoting them but after after the <laughs> nasty Trojan I had on this uh, computer man it, it it made a big difference on my my laptop here nice nice always nice to have those around and I guess you'll have to go uh, legit and find some uh, find some games <laughs> some there's actually some emulators I found on like uh, in iTunes and I use Android so I'm in the Google Play Store uh, I haven't bought any but I know there are some in there, and I did this post a little while back on the Rediscover the 80s blog on all these Atari-type uh, games they have out mm. now. Some are from Atari, and some are um, kind of like the old Atari games, but um, I just went through and found as many as I could and, and put them up there and put a link to where you could find them. But they had, you know, Galaga and, you know, all the old, like, Activision <laughs> They gave you one for free, but I think you could buy, like, packs of games so you could get, like, Pitfall and, you know, all those that I just love. So, so anyway, let's uh, let's keep rolling on with the podcast. Um, let's go in quick to what's happening in our wonderful mass community. Our good friend Eric over at BoulderHill.net has been back in the saddle, and uh, I've seen a couple blog posts recently. Uh, on the site, and he's also joined Twitter. So, if you are a tweeter, like uh, Wyatt and I both are, uh, go to at Boulder Hill Net and go give Eric a follow. And uh, he's got some great content. There's a, a post about um, the Serial Geek, which is a uh, like a fan comic book. Some great mask images up there right now on BoulderHill.net. We need to do another comic book show with him. Yes, we do. And we time. also need to get an update from Bill Ferries over at uh, MattTracker.com to see how well he did with his auction. I I had yes. the date on my calendar, and it 
me and this, I'm still moving in, so to speak, on my new house, and it, it, the, the whole day escaped me, and it was like yeah. the 21st when I remembered. Yeah, I the 19th was my wife's birthday, so I was not uh, not thinking about going and buying any mass stuff on that day, and I came back the day after that, and it had already been over, and I missed out on everything. I should have done some pre-bidding like I uh, helped promote. <laughs> right, and I was sitting there thinking the same thing because I really wanted to score something with one of yeah. the one of the voice uh, actors' autographs. I was, of course, hoping for yeah. an autographed signed copy of Thunderhawk, uh, but I uh, foobarred that one because <laughs> at least some kind of autograph. It didn't have to be him. Uh, yeah. Uh, it went for some decent prices. I think some of the small pictures went for about 10 or 12 bucks. So it was... Uh, I mean, I would have liked to seen them go for a lot more, but I didn't total it up. But I think that switchblade that they had that was signed went for seventy-five bucks. Nice. So that was nice to see. So yeah, I think he made out pretty well, and uh, we'll have to check in with him and see how he did and total up the auction. Um, also, on uh, uh, there's another mask uh, Facebook page. They left us a link on our Facebook page. So I want to invite everybody to go check out facebook.com backslash mask80s, 80s, and like them. They do – their main – their primary content is uh, the toy collecting. They're posting – he's posting his collection, his – he or her. I'm not sure uh, who is who is the uh, admin, but they're posting toys up there, and they even say in their description they're mainly talking about uh, the collecting aspect of mask. So go check them out. And then finally, I wanted to give a shout-out to RetroBlasting.com. I found them through the uh, Mask Comics blog, and they also left a link on our Facebook page. They did this two-part review, this video review, of basically the cartoon and mainly the toys. And it's really great. It's up on YouTube, and I'm, I think I'm going to go ahead and, and do a blog post um, just so everybody can uh, can link to that or... I'll probably try to embed the videos themselves, but uh, it was really cool. They kind of went through and and you know it, if you uh, I think the beginning of the video he says you know if some you ask somebody what your favorite toys or what what the best toys of the 80s were most people say you know Transformers, GI Joe, or He Man. Excuse me, Masters of the Universe. <laughs> um, and he says now if you actually lived through the 80s then they and they kind of pan the camera over and I said it was mask and nice they uh they don't hold back kind of on the cartoon kind of like we do i mean they see it's flawed and and everything but they what they kind of say is that the toys kind of overtook the whatever flaws that the the cartoon, the had. cartoon yeah. had yeah so so go check them out retroblasting.com they have a uh, a lot of videos over there uh, reviews, um, not just mask, but wanted to give them a little shout out. And I think that's going to kind of wrap up our uh, what's happening in the mask community segment. Sir, are you ready to go uh, harvesting some vines? I'm ready to start <laughs> the mask cast. Well, we quickly fade up into a rock concert. We see Matt, Scott, and T-Bob enjoying a rock concert with Brad jamming as part of the band. Matt mentions that those are some impressive stage effects. Uh, Scott quickly replies that, I think I'm going to be a rock musician when I grow up. 
course, that kind of dims the light on uh, his career as another mask agent, I guess. <laughs> uh, as the laser lights continue, Scott is impressed with the special effects, and we see this large vine uh, just growing up behind the stage. They first think it's uh, part of the effects. Wow! Look at that! Wow! How did they do that? I have no idea. Maybe rock music is good fertilizer. Backstage, Scott commends Brad's performance with T-Bob asking, you know, about how they pull off this giant plant. And Brad assures him that that wasn't part of the production. And then suddenly T-Bob just screams. T-Bob! As we see him lying under the fallen door now, uh, we see the vines rapidly kind of making their way into the room. Matt eagerly states that they need to get out of there before they're trapped, uh, making a quick exit. Uh, We come out to the city with the vines just growing all over the place, congesting traffic. And Scott actually seems panicked and actually yells <laughs> almost right in Matt's ear, hurry up, Dad! Come on, Dad! Hurry up! So, <laughs> I thought that was kind of a uh, typical kid, you know? Uh, yeah. Hurry up, Dad! Get out of here, or whatever. Right. It was. I thought it was a pretty good uh, introduction. It was actually would turn out to be my favorite part of the whole Same episode. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, the pyrotechnics and the the lights at the beginning. You know, you know when the when the concert's going on. I thought that was pretty cool animation. And then, uh, yeah, yeah, we got the whole when the vine grabs him. You know, T Bob, his logic circuit gets damaged, right. and you know he utters the line which we hear throughout the episode. Hello, Scott. Is it morning already? Oh no. Oh geez, but yeah, it was good. Um, they come out into the street. They're in the car, and uh, as Scott is telling Matt to hurry up, uh, he says he'll take a shortcut. Thunderhawk it breaks through a vine that was wrapped around the back tire, and then it converts to jet mode, takes off into the sky. And then here's where we can see the vines just basically covering the entire city. Uh, Brad asks Matt if he's going to call the team. Oh. You think? <laughs> yeah, really. And, uh, of course, he does. And he actually calls the uh, mass computer through the satellite link in the dashboard. What's impressive is it only took three minutes and ten seconds. Yeah, right. After taking, what, 12 minutes? Usually was, yeah, was the, the average. last episode? Yeah. yeah. Oh, the average was about six to seven. But, right, wow. right. It's like, they were in it pretty, pretty quick. Yeah, which is good. You know, hey, let's get them in here quick. So. Right, and I like that he is—he told the computer some some kind of pre-data. Matt Tracker calling Mass Computer. Select best agents for mission in Los Angeles. And Turner pre-selected. I thought that was good. So, with the call-up, we just get two agents this time. We get Bruce, who is uh, he's entering. I guess that would be his house, and he's got an armful of packages. He gets the signal and. Just he just kind of drops them. Drops them. <laughs> oh, well, <laughs> I'll deal with this when I come back. And it's also and then, almost uh, the same thing with Alex. He's he's getting yeah. ready to put this bird in the cage. He gets the alarm, and the birds <laughs> escape, and he's like, oh, well, I'll just let him go. <laughs> uh, anyway, so we cut to, uh, to Boulder Hill. Matt is discussing strategy now over the uh, mass computer with Bruce and Alex who are seated at the, at the war room. Uh, we get two more puns here. Yes. Matt says that 
L.A. is turning into a home of monkeys, or home for monkeys, and uh, and then he then he says uh, we need to get to the root of the situation. Um, I didn't understand why Bruce thought that Brad would feel right at home with the uh, monkey pun. <laughs> I don't know. But, yeah. Anyway, um, so Matt says that this plant is uh, seemingly indestructible and covering acres before it stops growing, and that's when we get Alex and Bruce kind of heading out. But before and, first, we get our famous uh, one of our famous proverbial quips. There is no journey unless the first step is taken. Gotta love that. Yeah, so we're in L.A. We see the gang gathered around with the urgency so immediate that Matt establishes a 24-hour patrol. And, of course, the ever-eager Scott is ready to help in Thunderhawk. He specifically says Thunderhawk here. Of course, he's kind of put uh, pushed aside verbally. Saying, you stay on the ground here at the hotel. Aw, oh, Dad. Can't I go on a mission just once? Uh, I always like it because he, he always throws out the line. Can't I go just this once on a mission? And I was just kind of thinking out loud, well, doesn't he always end up there anyway? He does. <laughs> so so he's, he's told to be a lookout at the radio and to keep in contact via T-Bob's radio. And T-Bob is still, of course... A uh, little, little uh, less logically inept because his lo- logic circuit is kicked out. So he just sings, My radio, 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 radio. Oh, whoopee. <laughs> Smoke comes from his the, the lid, too. Yeah, it does. The so the team scatters in their vehicles with Matt trying the, the lasers with Thunderhawk. Matt suggests using Condor's antimatter ray, which has no effect whatsoever. Uh, Bruce happens upon the Chinese theater, which he kind of passes by and joking, saying, Hollywood's Chinese theater is about to disappear. No movie today. Yes. And uh, Alex discovers that the plant is a hybrid of two plants, uh, of which are found in Brazil. Then he concludes that, That, of course, means that someone is doing this deliberately. Hmm. Now you think? <laughs> And then Matt puts two and two together and was like, oh, Venoms was spotted in Brazil just two months earlier. Fancy that. <laughs> Why didn't you follow them then and see what they were doing then? <laughs> oh, well. So after they determine that this, this Venom probably behind this, we get another pun about branching out. Um, and we get uh, we cut right to Venom. Love the uh, electric guitar. I'm, I'm still loving their theme song. You know it's yeah. Venom. Ready, Vanessa? I got enough scenes here to jungleize the whole L.A. basin. The music is still kind of what it pulls you in each exactly. episode, at least to me. Um, but anyway, um, Mayhem, uh, he asked Vanessa if she's ready to go out. She says, yeah, she's got plenty of seed to cover the Los Angeles basin, I think is what she says. Sly asks if when they were going to get paid. I don't get it. When do we get some loot for all this work? I want to be certain that California is very impressed with our friendly little weed. Um, we cut to this like Tarzan movie set. Um, we see Manta and Switchblade starting to fly overhead. Manta, so we see from the hood of the car, starts to shoot these seeds out. And Switchblade is using this beam 
to uh, make the seeds grow. Uh, Mayhem says this should be amusing. And the vines start to grow and they start to pick people up off the ground and the director is like all upset right. because the plants moved and I didn't tell the plants to move. And I was like, oh, geez. Um, so we cut back then to the hotel. Scott is trying to fix T-Bob and uh, he finally gets Alex on the radio. He f- fixes the radio and uh, hears them that he's going to be out at Griffith Park and he wants to go along. Let's go watch! Let's watch! You know what your dad said. That's still technically on the ground, I guess. So he he literally shoves T-Bob out the door so they can go to that location that Alex mentioned at uh, Griffith Park. And then we cut actually over to Griffith Park. Right. And here's where Vanessa continues planting the vines, uh, seeds, and notices Condor approaching, to which she quips... I hate mosquitoes. Brad kind of just jokes right back at her and says, Vanessa Warfield, may I have this dance? And a uh, little laser. I like that. Yeah, it was actually a good good little uh, backhand, so to speak. Um, right. So anyway, a laser-filled dogfight kind of begins with chasing each other. Brad cleverly stays on her tail, which is pretty impressive for a little tiny a helicopter with a jet. Um, but he stays on her tail yeah. until Vanessa presses this button, releasing uh, a couple knife blades from the front end of fr- Amanda's front bumper. That guy's following me like he's tied on. Gotta lose him. And she clips a few vines that are covering a tunnel, and she just flies right in. This, I guess, prevents uh, Brad from going in there. Maybe the vines were too uh, too narrow or or. What what have you? He just didn't make it. Guess I can't try that one. Then, of course, our dynamic duo arrive on the scene, seen at the observatory, with Switchblade flying overhead using the growth ray, with Matt flying overhead of him. He captures a few samples of the growth beam with Spectrum and surprises Miles. What? It's masked! Encourages him to get into jet mode. Matt chases Miles with Miles asking for help from Rax. Yeah, I didn't understand. What um, he asked Rax, "Where are you?" Mask is on my tail. What did he expect Rax to do on the ground? That's what I um, I didn't quite quite make <laughs> sense. I, I in in some ways I kind of understood because Miles was trying to use that growth rate. It's kind of he's working here. So, but okay, towards the end, and we'll get there. But towards the end, he has Vanessa do that because she's already up there but at the same time again she will get to it but she says or he says okay keep planting but go go cover me i'm like yeah really serious i didn't yeah Yeah, it didn't make sense just didn't uh points but i guess if that's all you got uh hey rax do your best to give us some uh anti-aircraft coverage or something right right yeah i mean and now that you say that i can see he's probably got to stay kind of along a straight path to use this beam to he's fixated on the task he's wanting to wreak some havoc so yeah or, yeah uh, in his case wreak some mayhem <laughs> there you go <laughs> <laughs> so i'm it, and logistically you know what's happening here well what happened before too where brad couldn't kind of follow her into that tunnel i 
I would have thought that the helicopter would be a little bit more maneuverable I would through a think tight so. space, but I don't know. Yeah. I just kind of didn't like that where he couldn't follow her through this tunnel after she was kind of cutting a path for him. And then we get uh, Rax firing. He looks up. He's kind of in this enclosed area, and there's like a hole in the top. It's like the eye of the, the storm. Bo- yeah, yeah, yeah. And he sees Thunderhawk fly over. Well, then he starts firing, and he's firing at Thunderhawk after he kind of flew past that eye of the storm, so to speak. So, I don't know. The logistics didn't really hit me right um, there. And I was surprised that Stiletto could fire that far up into the air. I know. know To me, it's just like little darts, like dartboard darts. They're not going to go very far. Right. And then... uh, can't remember what the pun was here that Matt says. I get the feeling Venom's trying to weed me out. Can't see where he is. I have to do a little pruning down there. By this point, I was like, are you serious with all these stupid jokes and puns on vines and (laughs) plants? And uh, it was just all, you know, it's before the break and I'm already sick of it. Yeah. Um, but I thought so this part Matt, was cool, though, because Matt yeah. kills the jet engines on Thunderhawk, and he glides yeah. it down kind of backwards <laughs> into the opening, which is pretty clever, uh, even for a cartoon. And Rax is saying, Did I get him? I got him, I think. That was actually pretty <laughs> funny. I like that little clip. It was it was funny, but again, I was like, how in the world does he do that? How does he have enough engine power to stop like a free fall backwards out of the sky? And to shoot, you know, back up through there, it just, I don't... Maybe he I took a page out then, of, uh, of uh, Murdoch's, you know, flying capabilities, you know? <laughs> He's learning from Murdoch. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> That's funny. But I didn't... Uh, another thing I didn't understand, too, is, okay, you got Switchblade in your sights. And you got uh, Rax firing at you from the ground, which he should be out of range pretty soon if he does get a couple shots out of you. Right. Why would he want to go pruning? He says to go find Rax and not stay on Switchblade. I didn't. I didn't understand that. Anyway, so after he does this uh, this maneuver with Thunderhawk, where he free falls it and then he turns the engines back on, all of these vines get tangled around Rax, and then we cut back to uh, Scott and T Bob right after that at the at the observatory. Scott's wondering where Dad and Brad went. Huh? It's Switchblade! Uh-oh! Uh-oh! Did you say, uh-oh? Why did you say, uh-oh? And then Scott T-Bob tried to flee from the observatory, and T-Bob, he gets tangled up in a vine. The vine picks T-Bob up, and then Scott is trying to grab him, and when he grabs onto him, he's still kind of hanging onto his legs as this vine is taking. And this T-Bob was another up. sore spot for me because it entangled T Bob first, got right. him wrapped him around, and then when he's up in the air, he's hanging off a branch. He, what the exactly? What? <laughs> so the vine, yeah, the vine, the the uh, the drama here that's building is the vine. T Bob's hanging from the vine. It begins to grow thicker. And he starts to lose his grip, and that's when we get to the commercial. Right. Oh, we're gonna fall! I was glad to see that, you know, we're back to the drama at the commercial. Yes. But 
Yeah, if T-Bob was just hanging on, why didn't he let go sooner? Um, yeah, really. You know, they should have just they they should have just had the vines grab both Scott and T Bob, and take them up in there, and they're dangling from the right. That would have made a lot more sense because that's what everybody else was doing. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Everybody else is they're not hanging; they're just they're tangled in there. So we return from anyway. our commercial break, <laughs> and we see everybody all caught up in these vines with T Bob and Scott still dangling. Um, Scott yells up and instructs T Bob to use his radio. This another thing that doesn't add up. T-Bob, use your radio. Call Dad. Scott, I need my hands to turn on my radio. I'm using my hands. I would think yeah. as a robot, he would be like Kit or Johnny Five. Everything's automatic. You know, there's a software click, click, click. Got the radio. It's not right, like yeah, a. I... It's not like a manual push button. It has to be touched. Yeah. I was trying to think before if he had done that, and I couldn't remember. He did, and it's it's a real quick. If you have to catch it, and I caught it, didn't think anything of it till till this happened. And when he's trying to well, listen to uh, Alex on the radio, he just swipes his hand behind his head, and that opens the the, the radio door. Ah, uh, and that's okay. the manual. Now that I think about it, I I think he would was able to communicate like that without like pushing a button or anything when he went down into that sub. Yeah. Um, I can't remember what the name of that episode was, but when they're after that, uh, that computer that controls the sub and he goes down inside the sub to, to scope it out. Brian the brain. Can, yeah. Yeah. I, I think he was able to communicate then. Yeah. So I, I guess inconsistent, inconsistent they are. is what's going on with this episode. But anyway, so we're overhead we see Thunderog flying with Matt instructing Brad to stop chasing Venom and instead begin rescuing people who are now caught up on all these vines. Scott begins to climb up T-Bob. Hold still! I'm not moving! It's this Venom vegetable! So Condor swoops in. This is actually a pretty cool little trick here. Condor swoops yeah. in, rescues the people by using a grappling hook, which ends up wrapping around like a stalk of these vines. Yeah, I had no idea Condor had that. Neither did I. That's cool. And then he uses antimatter ray just enough to cut and trim, and he lifts these people just like a, a looks like a stalk of uh, several stalks of uh, uh, wheat or corn wrapped up. He flies them off. I was really impressed. That I was impressed about right there. Yeah, that was a neat trick to uh, to get him out there. Inventive. Yes. Very inventive. So Scott and Scott and T Bob weren't actually in with the people. Um, Scott ends up finally climbing up onto the top of T-Bob to uh, radio Matt for help. Dad! Dad! Help! Scott! Brad, I'm leaving Thunderhawk on autopilot. Spectrum hang glider. On. And he doesn't give Matt any kind of coordinates or anything. I guess Matt can track the signal. Okay. But um, he... He picks up the message and he looks through Spectrum and he he sees them in the vine, and he puts uh, Thunderhawk into autopilot. I like this little he, scene because you see that he's how he does it. A couple buttons yeah. that he does it. Yeah, he puts it on autopilot and then he uses Spectrum hang glider to glide down and rescue Scott and T Bob. I'm not sure why he had to radio Brad first to tell him what he was doing. That didn't make sense, I, but I guess uh, unless Brad like gets up there close to Madden sees that the, he's not in there. But uh, Scott and T-Bob, just as Matt 
leaves Thunderhawk to do the hang glider move, they start to fall. And then Matt swoops in to grab them just as they're plummeting to the ground. It was good animation. I, I yes. thought this was good yes. with the, the hang glider effects. I'm still was a little fuzzy on the capabilities because it appeared he could do more than just glide, which is all he has done be- before when he's used it. He just kind of is able to float towards the ground, but he kind of grabbed them and actually brought them up, back yeah, up. Yeah. yeah, like a Superman move. Right. So, and, I mean, not that I'm, I'm – that's more of a tick. It's not right. anything against it. Maybe it can do that. They just haven't shown it yet, right. but just wasn't used to that. So then uh, as Matt's rescuing them, he kind of scolds Scott about, I thought I told you two to stay on the ground. We did, Dad. Honest. Ooh, we just had an uplifting experience. Rolling my eyes. Yes. Um, and then we, uh, we cut back to Rax, and he's in the middle of a chase now. Uh, Rhino is behind him. This vine grows up, and uh, Rax kind of tries to stop, but he slides right into the vine. Ah! Ah, caught in Venom's own vines. How fitting. But Bruce, after they come to a screeching halt in Rhino, he gives his little uh, saying here about... He who laughs at quicksand should be sure of his own feet. And this vine starts to grow now around... Uh, Rhino. <laughs> so then we cut back to Thunderhawk with uh, Matt and Scott and T-Bob inside. And this time I'll make the instructions more specific. You can do whatever you want as long as you stay in the hotel room. Got it? Yes, sir. Don't worry. I want nothing to do with these vines. You can definitely leave me out. Um, and then we cut back to Rhino. Uh, Condor shows up. I homed in on your signal, guys. Where's Rhino? Wonders where in the world is Rhino? <laughs> they're just kind of standing there. Well, they're actually just and, slumped over, like sitting on one of the uh, kind of vine logs, so to speak. Oh, okay. And and what's and, uh, what's sad about it is is they don't even speak. They're just like heartbroken that their baby's you know gone, and that's when Brad asks, yeah. "Where's where's Rhino?" And they just point. <laughs> Poor Bruce just, just point points up. up. Yeah, <laughs> that was good. And then we get uh, <laughs> we get Bruce and Alex. I guess they really are perturbed because they don't want to even hear any more jokes about vines and all that. And we get like three terrible puns <laughs> by Brad here, back to back to back. Right. Well, Alex started out. He says, "Boy, <laughs> you guys are really don't you dare say we're out on a limb." Okay, but you're really up a tree. It's crazy. And then Bruce, it, it was like, "Just give us a hand." Right, right. (laughs) that's cold. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think he's saying what the audience has wanted to say this whole time, which is enough of the stupid puns. (laughs) Anyway, so Brad, he puts on his mask, and then he flies Condor up, and he uses the antimatter ray to cut the vines very precisely, mind you. (laughs) Because I was like, okay, if he misses... The antimatter ray is going to just like cut Rhino. right through into Rhino. So he was uh, a pretty good shot into hitting the vines around Rhino, and then Bruce catches Rhino basically with lifter, right? And then he sets it down to the ground, right? And then Alex mentions that the benefit to the vines is that they have captured Rax. Yet when they walk over, they find out that he's gone. Sly's not here. What? Hey, these vines are all dead and dried up. Rax probably did it just by looking at them. 
Of course, Alex takes a sample and, and takes it to the truck to analyze it. Back at our Venom hideout, Miles is giving Rax a little bit of grief over his use of the antidote. You use the antidote? You realize if anyone discovers the secret, the vines will be worth nothing. If I get caught, I get nothing except jail. Them vines grabbed me. They don't care who they grow all over. <laughs> I loved it. He was just complaining about it. And finally, Miles just kind of gives in and says, all right, all right. And he just deals with Rax's answer and states that they need to disperse as many of the seeds as possible prior to asking for any type of demand. And then we're right back to Mask. Alex is able to use what looks like uh, like a portable satellite dish unit. And he's using this to collect the the beam that uh, Matt was able to, to collect via the Spectrum Mask. That's enough, Matt. You've collected the perfect sample of Mayhem's beam. He records the data and the comedy of this. Is he's using a cassette tape cassette player yeah. to record this data, <laughs> and then he takes the cassette out of the little satcom unit and puts it in the Rhino computer. Yeah, and that was this great. reminds me, I have I still have this computer today. It still works. I haven't used it for a while, but I still have it. It's a Texas Instruments TI 994A computer, and one of my peripheral devices for this thing was a <laughs> cassette player. Cassette player. And nice. whenever I would. <laughs> And this is, has a keyboard and all, and that, that's why they bought it. They didn't want me to get – my parents got this for me. They didn't want an Atari. They didn't want uh, – well, Nintendo wasn't even built, built then. So they said, if you're going to at least play games, at least play and learn some computing something because eventually I might need to learn it. So – Parents were a lot smarter than me. <laughs> well, I would learn <laughs> stupid – My parents. Well, I would learn programs. I had this book. still have the book. I have everything for this computer. But anyway, one of the things – if I wanted to save any of my programs, was to save it. Uh, I, I could get the real expensive peripheral, which was the disk drive. And I don't remember how much that thing cost, but I know it was, it was expensive compared to just get a cassette player with the speaker and microphone, I think, jacks. And you hooked it up, and you hear the – it sounded like a, the dial-up modem tones is what it sounded like. Nice. <laughs> and I'd listen to it, and it – Sure enough, you know, it's, it transferred the data into the computer. It pop up my program, all set. That was high-level tech back then. It let me was, tell you. but that's what re it reminded me. This little clip here just reminded me so much of that little uh, mm -hmm. piece of my childhood, so to speak. So back cool. to uh, the mask at hand. Yes, Alex says that uh, after he analyzes the beam that it's this high-intensive ultraviolet uh, light, and there's really not much they can do to stop it. Matt says they'll have to harvest mayhem himself. <laughs> um, we cut back to the hotel. If I'm going to have to sit here all day, I'm going to do something fun. Hello? Room service? What's the biggest ice cream sundae you have? Well, I want one that's bigger. And, um, and then we it didn't make sense. Till later, did, uh, later it kind of made sense a yeah. little bit. But even then, at that moment, I'm like, what was the point of this right here? That was a waste of 10 seconds. They could have yeah. put an action shot or another Bruce quip. Something would have been more entertaining than this to me. Oh, I, I agree. And, you know, usually when you go back and forth like this, it's, you know, during a scene of a battle or, you know, you've got one agent following this agent over here and then you got you cut over to another agent who's trying to get this guy and – 
this was just Scott and T Bob mixed in with kind of the the chase. Right. And I was like, you're gonna you're gonna mix in them with you know, with the like the battle sequence or something. Right. <laughs> like, just didn't make the, sense. There. It didn't make sense at first, right. So Mask is traveling down the highway while simply stating that It's obvious Mayhem wants to prove his vines can totally disrupt any city he chooses. And he just could be right. Of course, Alex continues to look for an antidote and just can't find anything. Next, we're taken to Manta, continuing to be the high-tech cedar with Switchblade basically mushing her to go faster so that the vines can grow. From here to San Francisco. They fly over the hotel with room service just now dropping off this huge Sunday to Scott. Now, T-Bob has his little reply of, talk about a Big Dipper. And yes. Yeah, yeah. At least it wasn't a pun about uh, vines. <laughs> yeah. I think by then they kind of figured it got old. It only took about 15 times, too. <laughs> Jeez. So we're back with our Mass Crusaders. Alex is tracking police reports of new vines that are appearing in kind of in a straight line here. They're appearing in a line moving northwest from Hollywood. Plot us a course for the front end of that line. That's where we'll find mayhem. How is that possible? I don't know. but How, That's like predicting where they're going to go. And I don't know. If they're going in a straight line, okay. But I can see them kind of, I don't know, weaving around. Right. So. <laughs> I don't know. I did just, That didn't sound, that didn't make sense to me. Yeah. Um, and then we cut back to the hotel right after that. The vines start growing through the hotel window, and they grab T-Bob, and of course he short circuits again. Mm-hmm. And Scott tries to grab him, and they fall, I guess it was out the window yeah, of the hotel, the or I don't know if it was onto the balcony or something. I didn't understand where exactly they were to try to pull T-Bob back in. Anyway, they fall out. They've got ice cream all over themselves, and some falls onto the vine. And uh, T-Bob, this is where he gives the same, is it morning yet, uh, line. And Scott's like, oh, geez, here we go again. He kind of bows his head in disgust. He sees the vine. He looks down, and he sees the vine starting to die. Hey, look! The vines are dying! How? Wait! That's it! That's what kills them? You bet. Ice cream is deadly stuff. Deadly. Not ice cream. Coal. Coal kills them. Quick. We gotta call Dad. So he tries to radio Matt, but the radio is shorted again in in T-Bob. And he needs to get it fixed. We cut back over to Mask. We see uh, Switchblade ahead, and Matt's kind of following behind. He wants the beam generator taken out on switchblade first order of business is to destroy that beam generator uh, Rax suddenly starts firing at them from the ground this time I think it's with the uh, with the sub layers yeah. he's got it kind of pointed the whole vehicle up in the air um, why didn't they just use like jackhammer in this it would have been easier it for them would have to been a lot easier shoot with the, with the uh, turret than, than with Rax anyway um Condor, he goes down after Rax, after he starts firing. Uh, Mayhem, he sees Thunderhawk behind him. And th- here's where we get the line where uh, he asks Vanessa for help. Right. Blast! It's Mass! Warfield, cover me, but keep spreading seeds. Right. And Manta shoots this black paint bomb. 
again at Thunderhawk. Just didn't make sense. All the weapons in the world, and they have a paint bomb. Right, and it you know it covers the windshield, so of course Matt can't see to fly Thunderhawk. Uh, we get Bruce radioing to Matt that wish we could be more help, Matt, but a snail could go faster than us right now. Then we cut over to Condor, and here's where we get Brad using the Hocus Pocus mask to display this Venus flytrap uh, hologram on the ground. And Rax, he's driving, and he's like, what the? And uh, he avoids it, but he goes sailing off this like uh, high ramp and into this nearby, I guess it's an apple truck. Looked like tomatoes to me. <laughs> or toma- probably tomatoes from the way they... The sound effects they uh, they used, and he gets splatted. Ah! Um, and then we cut back to Thunderhawk. Right, and here's where Matt just breaks the windshield, and he goes, "At least I can see now." And uh, <laughs> that was convenient that he had a pipe. Uh, I know, there, really. I guess. <laughs> so uh, Vanessa is actually hitting the rear of Thunderhawk now. Uh, she's a good shot today, except that she chose the wrong missile, but. Nonetheless, yeah. uh, Brad comes to the rescue and shoots lasers at Manta. Looks like Matt needs help. What were you doing? She ends up mistakenly flying into the path of this growth ray, which makes the seeds, which are still inside Manta, to grow vines from the hood, entangling her and crippling Manta. That was actually good. Yeah, it was actually good. It was comical, but actually a good, good thing there. Um, Matt is able to get a perfectly honed shot at the growth generator and ends up destroying it. Right. Miles reacts rather quickly, putting Switchblade into jet mode. Rax picks up Vanessa and runs off while Matt and Brad arrive to attempt to stop these vines. We'll have to let Venom go. We've got to try to stop this thing. How? It's the biggest one yet. Now we're right back to the hotel. Scott finishes the repairs on T-Bob. Scott calls Matt. Let's him know that it's the cold that's killing the vines. So we're back to mask. Brad is kind of making a joke about uh, this is kind of a first using a making a freeze cannon. I don't know, Bruce. I never heard of a freeze bomb before. Me neither. First one I ever tried to make. Let's just hope it works. And uh, Scott and T-Bob have suddenly appeared there yeah. with them. Yeah. <laughs> and they're loading it into this, the big Rhino large cannon, the one that's in the actual sleeper cab part. And then they, of course, launch it, and uh, it ends up like uh, landing and dispersing over this big vine, the one that came out of Manta. Um, it works almost instantaneously. Good show. We can put Los Angeles right in no time at all. T-Bob then blunders in saying, Take me to your leader, bearded one. And with a quiet, quick joke from Matt saying, Last item on this menu, Brusato's frozen vegetables. We're done. And there's not even a laugh track, nothing at the end. Yeah, no laugh. We get the, yeah. And I was disappointed here. They didn't even, you know, I guess they're too busy with the vines, but I'm disappointed that, hey, Manta's in here. That's one of their toys. We can take it home, either study it, or at least destroy it get rid of it so that they don't have it anymore nothing about it it's no so no. so we're taken to our psa with t-bob using his hedge clippers 
Right, and he's using the electric ones, uh, and Scott is just uh, raking leaves and such. You want to trade jobs? You rake and I'll trim. Oh, okay. T-Bob, no! T-Bob sets down his electric trimmer right in the bird bath. <laughs> uh, it zaps him, and Scott, you know, comes out with the warning. T-Bob, never ever get an electric tool wet or electric anything. It can short out and you can get electrocuted. And then... I thought it was at least cool that he we had the tie-in to the episode where T-Bob gives that same, you know, line after he gets electrocuted. Hello, Scott. Is it morning already? So we're, we're kind of right back to the his logic circuit being zapped again. Uh, and then that's the end of the episode. So what did you, uh, what was your rating uh, on the episode? I feel like I'm being too generous, but... Uh, I could only muster a three. It was a good story. There were some good parts, some good animation. The intro, the first three minutes were pretty, pretty good. Uh, after that, it just it seemed to me like it fell to the wayside. Uh, a lot of cutting back and forth, especially to the hotel. It made sense later, but it, that one little one-liner really, hey, hey, can you make? Uh, what's your biggest Sunday? Can you make it bigger? Okay, back to the battle scene. Really. That was just, they could have tied it in. They, they could have done that, and then they could have got the room service delivered. I think I would have been happier than what they did. Uh, it's still, it's a small tick, but it still bugs me that this lack of voice commands is going on. There was no voice commands for Stiletto. There was no voice commands for Mass Down, but at least Matt used, you know, Spectrum Hand Glider. They did use it some. They used, uh, uh, Brad used it. Yeah, he, he was, used it. Hocus Pocus and, and Spectrum Hand Glider. So they did use it some, but yeah, again, it wasn't wasn't consistent. Right. Um, I did like actually T. Bob short circuiting, but it it eventually became excessive. I thought it was just it, it's a norm. Something happens with T. Bob. Uh, something happens. So I kind of take it. Oh, it's cool. They tried to add a little comedy, whatever. But like I said, it, it was getting a little excessive with this. Is it morning yet? The vine wrapping around T. Bob. And then they're hanging for the life. It just that didn't make it. I was at a good four um, up until after the call up, and that's when it, I brought it down to a three. Uh, I was teetering on two, but that, uh, I I was right at two point five, so I gave it a three. <laughs> what what say you? What did you uh, give it? Oh yeah, I mean I was very close to the two range. Um, I did end up giving it actually a 2.5, so rounded up to three. That's probably generous, like you said. Um, I, I mean, this, I took some the 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 rock concert at the beginning was good. I really yes. liked that scene, and you know, like I said before, I liked Matt was feeding data into the computer. Um, I liked the use of Manta flying into the beam, yes. and I liked the tie-in at the end with the PSA. So there, I mean, there was some good things that I pulled out of it. I guess it was enough to to keep it out of the one and two range. But I was sick of these stupid vine plant seed puns, you know, <laughs> well before we got through the first part of the episode. It, it was just like, okay, I don't, I don't mind the whole "is it morning yet?" line. I, I think that actually would have been good if that was the running gag through the whole thing. 
and they didn't try to flood it in with all these stupid puns. Right. You know, pick one or the other and go with it. Make the end joke tie into whatever the running joke theme of the whole, you know, episode. I, I didn't mind those, but just combined with everything else, it was just, ugh. Right. It was just rampant in this episode. Every line, it... That was another thing, too, that I really didn't like. It was The episode just felt choppy. There was no like real consistency throughout that we've seen in some of the other episodes where the story just keeps kind of developing. Right. Here, it's kind of a little bit done. All right, go a little bit here, stop. Go a little bit here, stop. And it, it didn't work with the back and forth. You know, like I said, it, it, if in a battle scene or something like that, when you got two sets of action going on at the same time and not somebody sitting in a hotel room eating ice cream, it it makes for a, a lot better episode. Right. Uh, we didn't get a last laugh no, from Mayhem. Too. He flew off and he called Vanessa an idiot, and that was it. <laughs> That's all we got. Really? Idiot. So there was no last little, you know, I'll get you next time, you know, that he usually does. Um, we never got the kind of the development of Venom in their whole, we didn't never got the ransom amount or them contacting anybody at the city. It was just plant, 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 grow, 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 the whole episode for them. Right. But like they it. did they, eventually they want to use it to, you know, to uh, be able to use it as a ransom, but they just never got right. it. I don't, yeah, I don't understand why they didn't develop that at least so they and made some contact that would have made the urgency to to stop it i guess a little bit more right at hand but the urgency was um, there when they started getting the people caught up in the vines i guess somewhat somewhat um i don't know for me there's just too many kind of impossible feats and conveniences throughout you know and spectrum hand glider isn't an impossible feat <laughs> well, like I said, that was more of a tick. That was more of a tick because I, I just never seen that before, and that's fine. But when you got Thunderhawk doing a backward nose dive, a tail <laughs> dive, and he guns it and he's able to hold it up in the air, that was crazy. And then he had happened to have a pipe nearby to smash his windshield. It was a pipe wrench. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It was just yeah. There was just it was just too convenient throughout. It was almost, I just felt like the story was mailed in. Whoever the writer was for this episode was like on vacay and uh, he mailed it in from his, you know, his beach chair in Abu Dhabi (laughs) and there was no like second or third draft ever. Hey, that's what happened. (laughs) You know, there was no uh, Gloria. Yeah, I mean, there was no, it was okay that, you know, usually you you got Vanessa, you got Gloria. And it was, it was what four on three this time. Yeah. So it was kind of balanced as far as the agents go. But I don't know. I just felt like they had an idea for a story, and they just threw it together, and they didn't really kind of think it out, um, make it what some of the other episodes have been before, inconsistent. Right. So I almost talked myself out of that three. <laughs> Same <laughs> here. Go back down to a two. Same here. But. It's 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 in between there. Yeah. It's in between there. We always round up, so we'll do that. Um, I only saw one similarity. Did you see any to our movie script? The only thing that I took and I wanted to take out of this <laughs> episode was the beginning concert scene. That's exactly what I saw. Was 
Yeah. We have we yeah. actually we actually revealed I don't know if it was the whole scene, but it it might have been the whole scene or, or at least a good part of the scene on the blog when we back when we were yeah, doing uh, right. script excerpts. We uh, excerpt number 2 um if you go to our blog and go to the excerpt tab, um you can actually read the scene from our movie where we have it's actually Alex and Gloria show up at uh, Brad's concert, and then there's a scene after the concert, kind of backstage, and I think it's when they're trying to recruit him right. to kind of come on back on board with the with Mask. Right. We won't tell you why, but exactly, <laughs> we can't reveal everything. Um, but yeah, so that was that was really the only thing that I I took out was that we got that concert scene in the movie. Right. We got twelve votes this week. Uh, it was almost all over the spectrum, uh, pun intended. <laughs> nice. Um, we have three votes for a five. Uh, if you're catching up to our episodes and how we rate, it's uh, one is awful, uh, should be forgotten, and five being the best of the best. Um, anyway, so we've got three votes for a five, two votes for a four, thinking it's good, five votes for it's okay, and two cheesy Meant to stick, stick in the 80s. Then we have three comments this week. Right. Um, the first person we had was uh, Tony. And Tony says, For as stock as the plot of this episode is, honestly, what 80s cartoon didn't have a story about growing plant life? I'm a big fan of this one. It actually had a lot of generally funny comments. I love the running gag with T-Bob where he kept resetting and acting wacky. You, you, you bet. Ice cream is deadly stuff. Deadly. <laughs> and then uh, we have a comment from Anna. This is quite an okay episode. It has some good action scenes, and I like the dialogue between Brad and Vanessa, especially when you compare it to what happens at the end of the series. The Vines remind me of the Vines in Jace in the Wheeled Warriors. A very good cartoon, I remember. Uh, maybe too much. I also have some problems understanding why Venom would use these vines. The antidote was much too easy to find, and it's probably strange that it wasn't discovered even sooner. That's true. I mean, they are in L.A. where it's not, not really cold. Right. <laughs> yeah, right. But, um, yeah, it, an easy antidote like that, you'd think they would have uh, developed something uh, other than that to combat it. And then finally, we got a, uh, our last comment is from Eric with Cartoonopolis. He says, I'm with Rax concerning this episode. I just don't get it. Mayhem seems to be dragging his feet with the issuing of Venom's demands. Since the beginning of the episode, the Vines have proven to be incredibly effective in disabling a major part of Los Angeles. Yet Mayhem, for some reason, feels two more major demonstrations are necessary. Even when he realizes his mask is close to stopping them, he still insists on another demonstration. Why? Just issue the demands with a simple caveat that masks cease all operations in California or the whole state will be covered in vines. It seems to me he could easily hold all of California hostage with these things. Also, it just seems a little too easy to kill the vines. We all know plants don't do well in cold, so one would think Venom would have thought of that too. On the plus side, this episode has some really nice animation, especially the effects for the lasers at the end and the Spectrum hang glider effects. I also love the part where Vanessa sees Brad and says, I hate mosquitoes. I always felt that Brad and Condor was a bit of a pest, too. 
Surprisingly enough, my favorite line comes from T-Bob at the end when he says to Alex, Take me to your leader, bearded one. <laughs> Honestly, that had me rolling, and I tend to be very harsh critic of T-Bob. So, apparently, uh, Eric liked uh, the ending yeah. whip by T-Bob. Um, I pretty much agree with, with everything he said. It It is always to kind of go back and, and kind of fix the plot. Right. <laughs> I mean, that's why we have uh, fanfic, <laughs> fan fiction. Um, so, yeah, I mean, a lot could have be done to correct this. And like I said, I, I really think this was kind of a, a, a short uh, draft process when they created the episode. They probably should have followed up a little bit more. Right. Well, anyway, um, I guess that's going to about wrap up uh, our review of... Episode 25, we are officially a third of the way through the animated series. 25 down and 50 to go. The next uh, episode we'll be reviewing will be episode 26, Secret of the Andes. And in this episode, Mask must protect a revived Incan priest from Venom who has been frozen in ice. The priest is found in a secret location in the Andes Mountains of South America known as El Dorado. So we are going international, I guess, after we've been in the States for a while. Yeah, I guess we got too complacent. (laughs) Uh, I just quickly want to invite everybody, if you want to go back uh, to the beginning of MassCast to hear us review one of your favorite episodes from the first 25 go to our podcast archive on Mixcloud. You can actually down uh, the Mixcloud app or you can visit mixcloud.com backslash maskthemovie uh, to gain access to all of those episodes. And of course we are working on adding uh, an archive to the blog so you can download directly from there because right now Mixcloud is just streaming. So we are working on that, and uh, we'll keep chugging along. And we got some, uh, got 50 more to go. That's right, and that doesn't even include that we're going to have some other mass casts to uh, right. inject. You know, talking with Bill Ferries, perhaps uh, Eric, both Eric's of uh, Cartoonopolis, maybe uh, BoulderHill.net again. Uh, we're, we're I really, I'm, I'm really looking forward to. Let me say that. Uh, Coming up in a couple episodes, we're going to get a new vehicle. So I kind of cheated and looked ahead a little bit, but after uh, after we get our new vehicle uh, introduced, I think we might go into talking about the Series Two toys. Uh, the first time we did the uh, the podcast on the Series One toys, it was uh, pretty popular. So uh, we'll break down the whole Series Two toy line. Right. So I think that just about wraps it up. Uh, on behalf of Jason, this is Wyatt. We had an awesome time delivering another MassCast, and we'll see you next time on MassCast. MassCast. Hello, Scott. Is it morning already? Oh, no. Not again.